We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Furhatch. Joined as always, Sarah Kelher, Dusty Easley. What's going on, folks? Yo. Outstanding. Wow, enthusiastic Outstanding. reaction from Dusty there. Mm. I, I'm happy to be here. I don't know about you, Dusty, with that greeting, but. Well, to be I'm fair, Dusty, Dusty is fighting through a little bit of an, an illness, and, mm. you know, as, as you see on Twitter, um, the man cold is a real thing, so it really takes us down a real peg as opposed to when a woman gets a cold, right, Dusty? It's, uh, it's influenza B. <laughs> oh, you're actually diagnosed? <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually have a thing. Oh, man. I actually have a thing. It's pretty awesome. Um, I, yeah, but I, you know what? Listen, I'm about to hang 38 on the Jazz tonight. I'm ready to fight through it. I'm here. It's uh Oh, wait, wait, you, so you yeah, get that reference, Steve. Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay. It took me a second. I was like, wait, I'm the jazz. Oh, gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. there we go. Uh, so just want to do some rapid-fire reactions. There's been a couple things that have been going on in the NFL, just not for the Packers. But, uh, Sarah, we're going to start with you. What is your initial reaction to the fact that Stefan Diggs has deleted everything that involves the Vikings from his Instagram. I mean, I, I'm i not mad about it, if you're asking. <laughs> if he you know, is, is leaving the Vikings, if he's going somewhere else, 
that's not a bad thing for the Packers. I know people are like, oh, maybe Green Bay can get him, and they're talking, and they're getting excited about that. But the thing, the first thought that I had was just, if he's not on the Vikings, that's great news for Green Bay. He's a great player, and obviously if that's someone that we don't have to see twice a year, possibly more, that's fantastic. So um, I'm curious what's going to happen with that. I know he um, can be a little dramatic at times. There's been history with, you know, the relationship with the Vikings and him not being the greatest. But so this could just be kind of a ploy and maybe it means nothing, but we'll see. I mean, if he's not on the Vikings, I'm, I'm happy about it because that's good news for Green Bay. For sure. It'll be something fun to watch during the off season because God knows we already miss football. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is a little bit of football content, so it's a little bit of fun. Dusty, I'm going to switch right over to you. The Seahawks have signed Greg Olson to a one-year, $7 million deal. What are your reactions to that? Uh, I'm glad he got signed so I don't have to hear any questions about if the Packers are going to sign him again. That's that's cool. Um, no, Greg Olson is fine. I like Greg Olson. Uh, he was very, very good, obviously diminished. Like 49 I mean, years old. Like, like, I, I, I have to look up his age. I feel like he's not as old as I feel like he is, but he's also I mean, he's been like – yeah, thirty. Yeah, I'd say like yeah, early mid thirties. Like he's been killed by injuries. Killed, like seems like a really good dude. Um, he also, if I'm not mistaken, has been doing. Uh, doesn't he call games on his bye week? Like he seems like yeah, a guy it was gonna, weird. He's done that like the past two years. Like I feel like he's gonna slide right into broadcasting. So I keep waiting for the retirement. He keeps going. I think he's right got thirty four years old. Okay. Yeah, I mean he's got a little Here, bit to offer. That's what's the deal, Steve? One year, seven million, something like that. Yes. Okay. And yeah. there's like I think it's like five and a half guaranteed. So yeah, I mean uh, you take that shot. Maybe maybe you get like one good year left in him. I don't know that how much he's got left in him, but it's I don't know. It's a fine signing, but I don't know that like a run first team that Greg Olson is like your dude. But more power to him, I guess. Yeah, that that was interesting. And then um, I mean you've got Will Disley. Like, are you really why why what are you going out and grabbing another? Well, tight they had like twelve tight ends last year. They still got like. Season-ending injuries the That's week true. right I mean, after. Whole, their whole team got injured the whole yeah. year. So, so get a I guy like uh, get a guy like Greg Olson who's always healthy. You know, sure, sure, that makes sense. Mm. Uh, all right, Sarah, we'll go back to you. I found a tweet from today. It says the Bears only have two safeties under contract for the 2020 season: Eddie Jackson and fill in the blank. Can you fill in the blank? No. Oh, come on. I sent it to you. you know <laughs> it's Ken Trell Bryce. Oh, my God. Um, so just I, I need some reactions from you because it just makes me laugh. Yeah, I mean, what what can I say? It's the Bears. This is just a classic textbook Bears thing. Like, I think there's so many things that the Bears do, whether it's the kicking, you know, adventures or something like this. Or their fans fighting that haha Clinton Dix is the best thing since sliced bread. There, there's just so many things that it's like, yep, that's the Bears. That's what would happen to the Bears. And this is just another one. Again, it's the same thing. I mean, I'm sure they'll fulfill those needs in the off season, but right now it's just we have no football content, and it's kind of like with the Stefan Dix thing. It's like, oh great, a team that's in our division that you know we don't really like, and something that's not so great could be happening. So yay, go Packers! That's really how I feel about it. I mean, I'm curious to see what will happen there because obviously they can't stick with just the two of them. There has to be some kind of move um, 
there. So we'll see. I I mean, I'm not a, you guys know, a big draft person, um, so I don't know if, if that's a need that they need to fill there. But I'm curious to see what, you know, not only the Packers do, but what the Bears do, what the Vikings do, even the Lions do in the offseason and um, with the draft. Because I think it, it's, the teams are close enough where if, you know, they can fill key needs, it could get really spicy in during the season this year. And fun side note, we are legit one month away from free agency in the NFL. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. So on that note, we had legit nothing to talk about because it's the offseason and it's the Packers. So we did a mailbag on Twitter, and we got all of your questions. So we're about to answer as many as humanly possible in a rapid-fire way because Dusty's kind of sick. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start. Dusty, number one from at I am Sean Franken. How did you become a Packers fan? Uh, so I think I've talked about this before. I know I have. I don't know if I've talked about it here or not. Um, I've heard a couple different stories on this, and I it, they come from my grandmother who was, has since passed, and so I can't confirm these with her or not. But uh, my family, most of my family is from uh, the Detroit area, just outside the Detroit area, and so I've got – uh, you know, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, and Packers. So the story that I choose to believe is that my grandmother and grandfather, part of this, this part I know for a fact is true. My, my grandmother and grandfather went to a game, went to a Lions game. My grandfather's a Lions fan. They went to Lions Packers in Detroit. So I know that. This is where it gets a little fuzzy, is that the story I choose to believe in is that my grandmother uh, to spite my grandfather, decided to root for the Packers and buy my dad a Packers pennant to hang on his wall. So she came back from the game. My grand my grandfather has never really been a big uh, football guy. He's more to hockey and baseball. And uh, and so they came back. She bought a pennant. My dad hung it up on his wall. My dad grew up a Packers fan. We all grew up Packers fans. So uh, just basically spite, really, how I became a Packers fan. Just, <laughs> my grandmother spiting my grandfather. Interesting. Sarah? Mm. Um, well, pretty much everyone with the last name Kelleher is from Wisconsin in my family. <laughs> my dad grew up in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Um, he lived there all for, like growing up through high school, and then his family moved down when he was in college, so then he came um, and went to school down in Florida. So kind of growing up, that was just my dad was always watching the Packers. He always had Packers jerseys. Our house had Packers decorations. My mom didn't really watch football that much, so she didn't really have a team, but she's really into sports. So she kind of just adopted his fandom and love for the team. So growing up, that was the team that my brother and I rooted for. I mean, I remember when we got into sports, my brother and I played pretty much every sport imaginable. It was always the Packers. Like, even our basketball team or soccer team, like, we wanted to be named the Packers. Like, that was just <laughs> our thing. And growing up, um, the four of us were really close, my parents and my brother and I. And one of the things that we kind of all bonded over was just watching Green Bay and then when my grandma and grandpa were still alive, we would watch the games with them. So it was just kind of a family thing that I grew up into. Like, I literally was born into the Packers fan base, I guess is the best way uh, to describe it. And, yeah, I mean, it's been really cool. There's, I'll try to find this picture and tweet it out with the episode, a really, really young picture of me with, like, 
Pokemon sunglasses on um, at a Packers game when they came and played in Miami when I was probably six or seven years old with my dad. So there's living proof because sometimes people are like, have you really been a fan for that long? And I'm like, yes, here is this <laughs> crazy old picture of me in a Packers shirt that's three sizes too big and Pikachu sunglasses on. So, um, so yeah, I was really just kind of born into it. I was grandfathered into the Packers fandom. As for me, I would say location was the biggest factor because, you know, if if I was born nowadays, I would have been a Steelers fan because my dad loved the Steelers. He was born and raised in Pittsburgh, uh, especially, like, in the 70s when they had the huge, huge success, Terry Bradshaw, all that stuff. Those were his teams. And then he moved around, uh, lived in Chicago, lived in Whitewater, met my mom, like all these things, and ends up in Wisconsin. And uh, eventually I started talking to him once. I Like my fandom came around of wanting to be Packers fan because I lived in Milwaukee. I was like, you know, how how is it that you're – like why am I not a Steelers fan? Why did you not push that on me? And it, like it was a whole discussion and kind of crazy, but it, was, it, it came down to national TV of – he was never able to watch games of the Steelers mm. around here. And like, that wasn't something that he, that we had access to and stuff like that. And he's like, I, I enjoyed watching football. And that's kind of how I came to be as far as like the Packers of those are the games I was able to watch. Those are the games he was able to watch. And it, it blows my mind to think that my dad is actually a Packers fan now. <laughs> um, but he is like, he legit is. He's, He's got, you know, he'll have the jerseys and everything. Uh, he's still, I still claim that he is more of a Pirates fan than uh, a Brewers fan. But I think a lot of it has to do with, like, Roberto Clemente. And, like, that was a big thing for him because he was growing up right at that time. And, but overall, I mean, I grew up, my dad worked in South Carolina. So my first, my first ever football jersey was actually a Sterling Sharp. South Carolina jersey, which was pretty, oh, nice. which was pretty dope. Nice. Uh, I remember that being really cool. Um, and then after that, I mean, I have a plethora of just Packer jerseys all over the place. So, um, yeah, I mean, being from Wisconsin, obviously, that's kind of the way it goes. But I, I just kind of thought it was interesting that nowadays, if that was the case, I'm pretty positive I'd be a Steeler fan. But here I am. Packer fan, so you're lucky. I am. I am. It's. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it, to be a fan of either of those franchises, I, I would consider myself lucky because the Steelers are pretty damn good too. So, uh, all right, let's jump. Let's jump to uh, Matt from the Pack a Day podcast. Well, he has some desert island questions for us. So, uh, we'll do some rapid fire stuff. If we were, if the three of us were on a desert island, who dies first, Sarah? So I thought about this. By the way, this, these are great questions. I really appreciated them. And I thought at first I would die first immediately just because I'm too nice and I let people walk all over me. <laughs> it's a particular habit. Like, I, I am too nice and I'm a people pleaser, so I would try to please everyone on the island and I would die because I would not be looking out for myself. But then I thought if it was the three of us, that there would also be the situation that you two would just argue 
and you would get so angry at each other, and then I would just kind of be there. So I don't know. I think when I really think about it, I would probably die first, which is really sad and pathetic. <laughs> but it, it's just because I'm I, I'm too nice, and I just want to please people. So I guess it's not a horrible thing. Like at least I'm not like, oh yeah, I'm mean, and <laughs> I would you know trump everyone. But yeah, I think it would be me as sad as that is. I kind of feel like it'd be Sarah as well, but I also feel like I would kill Steve. So. See, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, mm. Yeah, could, really could go either way. No, I, I completely agree. Sarah would die first. Uh, Sarah, please stop telling people that you would be pleasing people on a desert island. That just, gee, that doesn't sound good. Just don't do that. Um, but, yeah, you would be the first to die because, you know, Dusty and I have life experiences that you don't. I don't think that you could build a fire. I don't think that you could build a tent. Like I, th- I think I've, I, I see, and I w- and I went. I'd, I I I know how to make a shiv. That's that's where I go, Steve. Jesus Christ! Like, don't yeah. you want to survive together, Dusty? You're just no, I don't. I, do. I suppose zero murder. desire to do that. You're the man who loves like all the murdery movies, so that makes yeah. sense. That'd be like a that'd be like, that'd be like your perfect movie of Dusty featured into a uh, murderous rage. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, who would be the last to survive, Dusty? Who do you think would be the last to survive? Uh, me. You? Okay. Yeah. Sarah, do you disagree? No. Because yeah. <laughs> of my bloodlust? I just think you're smart and you watch too many horror movies. That's <laughs> really fair. Uh, then the next question is, who could start... Dusty, do you know how to start a fire? Yeah, man. Okay. I do as well. Sarah? I used to be able to. In Girl Scouts, I knew how to do that way <laughs> back in the day. But I, I think if you ask me now... Oh, man, that was like four years ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I set myself up for that. Yeah, I, really I set myself up for that. Um, I used to be able to. So I'm going to say I think it would come back to me. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be confident in myself on that one. All right. I still do love Matt because this is the one that made me laugh the most. Uh, does, does Steve or Dusty assume the big spoon when cuddling for warmth purposes? I, I will, I'm, I'm going to answer first. I mean, I like I love you, Dusty, and I'm very well going to assume that you and I would just trade off. Yeah, I was just going to go little spoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, You're yeah, selfish. but no. If you want, if you want to trade off, that's cool, Steve. That's fine. I actually feel like we've had that conversation before. <laughs> we have. I feel like we have. For some reason, I feel like we have. <laughs> I don't remember that conversation, but that's very well possible. Uh, okay, let's. We definitely need to move on for sure. Uh, all right, so Mike went to uh, Mike Wentland. Yeah, that's it. I. Yeah, it's a lot of words. Um, this is one of my favorite questions, though. It's would you bring back Jimmy Graham? Quote after cutting him for the cap on a Mercedes Lewis type deal to back up slash mentor Sternberger and Tanya. Um, Dusty, I'm going to start with you because I know you're very intrigued by that concept. So yeah. So go ahead. I'm talking about the Lewis deal. What's that? We're talking like probably one year, two million, something like that. Yep. I guess. Um, I like the idea. Uh, I like the idea, and I like the concept. I and mean, we've talked we've talked about this before. With uh, I think it was Tanya, his interview with Tanya this past year, where he was kind of talking about how. Uh, he he got to learn basically the finer points of receiving from Graham and uh, blocking from Mercedes Lewis. And before anyone gets all like 
jokey. I'm saying like, people who listen to this, uh, as far as like, well, Jimmy Graham, blah, 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 he can't catch. Jimmy Graham in his prime was a very, very good, good receiving tight end. Like, Outstanding receiver. One player. of the all-time great receiving tight ends in his prime. It was a relatively short prime, but like in his day, a game changer. So you're getting that stuff. I think he said it was like a master's course of basically the two huge things from a tight end. So uh, I like the idea. The and, and the other reason I like the idea is we talked about it before. We don't know what the tight end room is going to look like. That's Right now, you know, it's Sternberger, Tanyan. Uh, I kind of – I hope they bring Lewis back on a one-year deal. We have no idea what's going to happen with him. Uh, even then, that's two young guys, one of whom had just been injured for half a season. The other guy, Antonian, was also injured this year, uh, and then like a 37-year-old Lewis. So there needs to be a little more stability. There needs to be something in that tight end room. I just I hope they look for it elsewhere. I really like Graham. I like what he could give for a mentorship, but it's it's above like the two year deal. There's also a he has not contributed as much in the receiving game as anyone kind of hoped. Uh, Gr- you know Lewis still does stuff a little bit in the receiving game, mainly in the run game. He's still very good. That's still an elite skill there. Graham doesn't have that anymore, and so you're taking up a roster spot from someone who could possibly do in something else space. with it. A lot of cap space. Yeah. Well, they're saying if they if you cut him, so if you cut oh, him. Yeah. Which they'll and, do, and then bring him back. Yeah, so basically, we'll say a two million dollar cap hit for the purposes of this exercise. Like, I like the idea, but I, he's just not really good at any one thing anymore. Enough to like take a, take up a spot that I feel like for someone else that could contribute. So I love the idea. I, you know, just force him into retirement and hire him as a coach. There, bang, done. I was literally going to say that. That was going to be yeah. my point. I was say, <laughs> at this point, why don't? He, why doesn't he just? The, pro- the problem is, is like somebody will sign him for yeah. like five million exactly. for a year. Exactly. I, and, and my thought process behind the whole thing is, I would rather get a twenty-six-year-old tight end yep. for two million dollars as opposed to. 33-year-old Jimmy Graham for $2 million. Yeah, someone, so, someone with some upside there. Someone that yeah. can actually do something. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, okay, then uh, we got another one from Seth Lyle. Is it realistic to expect any free agent signing given the Clark slash Bulaga situations? Sarah, what you thinking? I mean, maybe. I don't want to say it's totally out of the question, but you know, if it, if it doesn't happen, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but I think that they def- they could look and explore as well. I think their name might be out there that they were looking at this player or that player. But I don't know if they're going to seriously consider any options. But I don't see if they get a really good opportunity and there's a really great player out there for you know a deal or that they think is a deal, then I don't see them turning that down. So I don't think it's unrealistic or anything. But I also don't think it's something that you can be like betting on to happen during the offseason. Yeah, and I mean it's a big. We'll say we're going to, we'll get into this question later, but the Balaga thing—it's a if they bring him back. And so yeah. for the purpose of this question, if they do bring him back and they sign him, they won't have a whole lot of money. So you're not going to be signing any big name guy. You're not throwing a ton of money around. That's uh, what the, I'm saying. Like you would yeah. have to be a perfect scenario or the deal where you're like, okay, we can't pass this up. Yeah, you've got like the. the, the some guy that, that plugs a hole a little better than what they have now. That's not like a splash guy, but it's someone that fills that fills a need. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there will be free agent signings. I think the way the way Gutekunst has shown to, that he does business, there will be some. I just I don't think they're they're fitting any huge names in there. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what he actually wants to do because, I mean, as you just said, Dusty, like he actually goes uh, Gutekunst goes out and addresses situations. He mm-hmm figures out ways to make his team better and constantly does it, like whether it's through the 53rd man 
acquisition, whether it's through free agency, whether it's through trades. Like, it, it's going to be a great and fun off season, I think, for Packers fans. Next question is from Rusty Weiss. Weiss um, why do the wide receivers get so much talk, yet the Packers' run defense uh, gave the NFC Championship game away to the 49ers? Uh, so are there any free agent defensive linemen that are available that would help? So, Dusty, we'll start with you. Why is it that the wide receiver group gets so much more talk than the defensive line? Because the wide receiver group, the receiving game is, is sexier than, than the run, stopping the run game, basically. I mean, well, it's a couple different things. The highest paid guy on the team is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the quarterback. You guys, you guys familiar with Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback? Um, he throws. I think I've heard of him. Yeah, he throws the ball to the oh, receiver. I thought he was just a philanthropist. Uh, no. Ah, no. I gotcha. <laughs> Got me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so the, the passing game, people are gonna, always going to look to the passing game because that's the struggles. Like the, it, it's part of it is it, it's harder to. Um, it's harder to look and say like this is what's wrong with the running game when it's easier to just like point and say, oh look. Look, they don't have good receivers. Like it's just score more points. Come on. Yeah, they're not scoring points. It must be the receivers. Like there's some truth to that, but it's it's easier to do that. But at the same time, we were talking about this ahead of time, um, and Steve, you were you were talking about this as well. That this, uh, I've seen plenty of talk about defensive line. There's been a huge amount of talk with Blake Martinez's deal up, with upgrading at the inside linebacker, upgrading D line outside of Kenny Clark. How Lowry and Lancaster didn't uh, do what everyone kind of hoped they were going to do this year up front. Like I've seen. A lot of talk about um, about defensive line and it just and, and that front seven and stopping the run. So, I mean, both are needs. Both are clearly needs. Um, I do think wide receivers just based on passing game and that, that that's what score points. But I've seen a lot of talk on both sides. Sarah, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I just think in general it's easier to pick on, not even pick on, but just on the offensive side of things. People are quick to notice when you know things aren't working rather than on the defensive side of things. So I think that's really just, like, could be a simple solution to that problem is people just pay attention to the offense more sometimes, and maybe that's why they're picking out things with the wide receivers rather than some of the defensive problems. Sure. I mean, all I will say is, Russell, you're right. The wide receiver group has issues. The defensive line has issues. Like, it, there are plenty of holes on this Packers team that need to be addressed, and uh, let's hope that the off season goes well and they can address a lot of those different things. I think we'll we'll wrap this all up with one question from our good friend Maggie Loney. Yay! <laughs> Since the combine is next week, who from the team, and we're assuming she means the Packaday team, uh, would you most want to see run each drill? So, all right, I'm. She kind of left this very, very wide open, so I'm just going to take it the way that I want to take it. Um, Dusty, Sarah, what are the drill? The what's the one drill at the combine you feel you would be the most successful at? So we'll start, uh, Dusty. We'll start with you. Yeah, I had a tough time looking at this. I um, my thought process. I went with uh, vertical jump because I did. Uh, I was able to do vertical jump. Uh, we went up to the game, went to the Hall of Fame. They've got the vertical jump there set up at the Packers Hall of Fame. So we did that earlier this year, yeah, and I did that, and uh, I did you know I think decently well. But more than that, I didn't. Um, I could still walk afterwards. Like I feel like if I was going, that is crucial. If I was going full out for like forty yard dash, like things would pop inside of me. 
and there's there, there'd be no because I'd be like I gotta give it my all, man, and then I'd give it my all, and then I wouldn't be able to walk for like three years, like a three cone drill, I'd trip over my own feet. So really, it's not like a, I could do yeah, I could excel at this. Like no, I just wouldn't die while doing it. So um, I'm yeah, vertical jump, I think is what I'm gonna take. All right, Sarah. I. I'm going to take the three-cone drill. I was a soccer player back in the day growing up, so kind of like the quick feet and the quick footwork was something that I had to just know and do. Um, Definitely would wear my knee brace, though, because I did tear my ACL, so I'd want to be careful (laughs) cutting around the cones and everything like that. But, yeah, I think I would take that. I still run not as much as I should or would like to, but I think I'm in good enough shape where I could, kind of like you were saying, Dusty, where – I could do that, and then once it was over, I'd be like, okay, I'm sore for a day or two, and mm-hmm. then I would move on. Um, and, yeah, I was always pretty quick back in the day and had to do, you know, um, kind of like cutting drills like that. So, yeah, that's what I went with. And I think I decided on the 40-yard dash. I think that would probably be the best, like, pretty decently quick, and I'm still not 40, and – all I can say is I feel like I could beat Darren Ravel. So to me, that would be a win. <laughs> and I just looked it up, and he ran it in 6.41 seconds. <laughs> so I feel like that is a very reachable number for me. I could do that. I, that's something I feel like I could do. Yeah, um, I, I feel like he could run it faster if he knew he could actually use his knees. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I feel like that's something that, that could help him. That's the most, like, <laughs> awkward running I've ever seen in my life. It just, it blows my mind, like, how how is how is that running? That's not running! That's like speed walking, and it's it's so weird. It's, it's like someone explained, that's like someone explained to an alien the concept of running, but left out, like, a couple really crucial Bending your steps. knees. They left <laughs> out bending your knees. <laughs> Move fast that way. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching the video again. It's so much fun. I, I equated. So we were fun. talking earlier, and I equated it to uh, to Cotton Hill from King of the Hill running because he you know he lost his shins in the war, and uh, I can't. I just thought of it before the show, and now I can't stop thinking about it. It's just straight. It's just like peg legs. He's just straight, man. And then he's got some weird ass like shoes slash like boots. Like I can't tell. Like, they blend into his legs, and they're. Very orange. It's really ridiculous. Very confusing. The whole thing is very confusing. But I definitely could be Darren Ravel in oh, yeah. the 40-yard dash. So that's where I would go with. Um, but, yeah, that kind of wraps everything up for us for this week. We're going to do a couple of closing thoughts. Uh, Dusty, what do you got? Man, it's the off season, but I started writing again. Um, actually, today, Woo! my first piece is going up over at Cheesehead TV. I'm doing a um, just real kind of quick-hitting film stuff. Uh, where I'm going in chronological order through every week of the season and breaking down a play. A uh, big play, a little play. I, it, it's whatever comes to me in a given week, I guess. So this week is going to be uh, week one, uh, and it's the Adrian Amos uh, game, essentially the game-stealing interception um, against Chicago. Cool. So that's fun. You know, I got to kind of get into that, break that down a little bit. Um, uh, you know, got to talk about Trubisky a little bit, which <laughs> <laughs> always, always a good time. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, they're daring you to throw the ball. You won't throw the ball. <laughs> so it's it's fun, man. It's uh, it's it's fun to get back into writing again. Uh, it's on kind of quick hitters, and so uh, should be fun. So the series should be going up every week. Very cool, Sarah. You got anything? No, not really. I'm I'm excited to read Dusty's new articles because I always find them very compelling, and I feel like every time I think I know something, I learn. Ten more things after reading a Dusty article, so I'm excited. So exciting. Very cool. 
Uh, I've got two thoughts. Uh, number one, I am finally getting my uh, my drug hookup, and I am getting my Thin Mints tomorrow, so I'm very excited for the Girl Scout cookies. I was really concerned where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I – okay. I, I'm okay now. I can't don't, worry. I'm, don't worry. Don't worry. I wouldn't admit that on the air. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I've got uh, – one of my friends is hooking me like his – it was. I was very concerned because everybody, like my nieces, have stopped selling Girl Scout cookies. Uh, my best friend's kid, who I'd also purchased cookies from, she stopped selling. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I was just like a Girl Scout cookie free agent. So I just had to put it out on Facebook of like, "Hey, uh, I need somebody to give me some thin mints because kind of going crazy here." So I've got uh, several boxes coming in tomorrow. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, and then my final Packers thought is anybody in the world who is saying that Rashawn Gary needs to be an inside linebacker needs to shut the hell up. Just stop it. Just stop it. It is not happening. It is not a good thing. It's just moronic. Just no, 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 no. I feel like it started as kind of like half a joke and then it hasn't died. I'm very, no, I'm very, very confused what, by where this, this all is started. Packers fans want to happen all the damn time, and I hate it. Like their first round picks are like, hey, let's take this safety, and yeah, we're going to convert him to a cornerback. Hey, let's take this cornerback and convert him to a safety. Let's take this defensive end and convert him to an outside linebacker. It'll take three years, but it'll be worth it in three years. No, no. Let the kid just rush the passer be a defensive end slash outside linebacker, and let him thrive. Like, that's what we need to do. They don't need to take Rashawn Gary and put him at inside linebacker. I also love that he actually showed, uh, by the end of the season, when he was getting a little more snaps, he actually showed a lot of progress, I thought, as well, a oh. lot of promise in that role. Um, so I love the idea of, like, oh, no, let's move him off of this thing that he can be very good at. I swear to like, and I saw he actually, I don't know if I actually sent this aside, but I'm pretty positive he had a 10% uh, pressure rate for uh, the entire season. And that ranked him about fourth on rookie defensive ends. I want to say it was Zach Jacobson that put it out. Yeah, I, saw it, I did see it somewhere today. They had him... Rate wise, uh, top five, I think. Mm-hmm. No, he does not need to be an inside linebacker. That's all I'm saying. I hope you, I hope you both agree with me, and I know yes. you do. So, um, that that's gonna wrap it up for us. We will be back next week. We will be talking some more uh, insane Packers thoughts, but um, hopefully there'll be some news and notes of that we can talk about for you guys. But um, Make sure, you, as always, you follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely for all of the all the articles, all the videos that Dusty will put out at Sarah Kelleher Four at Pack and a Podcast and at Steve Perhatch for me. I'll catch you guys next week, and as always, go Pack, go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.